Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid once again. My name is Chris and I'm joined by Stu. Hello. Uh, and Tom can't make it this week unfortunately, but in his place we have Back of the Grid superfan and um, jingle maker extraordinaire, Mr. Ashley Foster. I'm on the back of the grid, but it could have been worse. It could oh have started God. from the pits. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm on the back of the grid. I can't tell you how happy, excited. This has been my dream for years, ever since episode zero. That's episode slight, zero. slightly <laughs> tragic, but it's very good to have you here. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's very, very pleasing. Big pleasing turns. What a race. Uh, what a time to be alive. Um, let's start pre race with. <laughs> Let me just stop you there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try not to spend too much time on this because it is some of the most (laughs) paperworky, wordy, (laughs) abbreviation-filled stuff you've ever seen. Um, We we finally got the 14-page document that was the verdict on the Racing Point break duct protest, um, of which they were found guilty and fined €400,000 and stripped of 15 constructors' points. But they are still allowed to use their car for the rest of the season. The the very, very basic gist of it is they bought... Well, well they didn't, what they bought or were given seems unclear, but they acquired from Mercedes in late 2018 their front and rear brake ducts. Last season, they only used the front ones. And at that point in time, that was completely legal. This season, they've used the back ones as well. And because the brake ducts have now become a listed part that you have to design yourself, that is why they've deemed this to be illegal. Lawrence Stroll, in a sort of weird televised address of the like I've not really seen in F1 before, um, very robustly denied any wrongdoing. Um, Racing Point are appealing the result. Uh, they still say they're completely innocent in all of this. Uh, meanwhile, Ferrari, McLaren, Renault and Williams are all appealing the result as they don't think the penalty was harsh enough. Were we surprised that they were found guilty of this? A bit. Yeah, I was actually a bit. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Cause, because, well, and basically, it's, the reason I'm, I'm not surprised by it is because the uh, FAA went around there and had a look around and, and didn't say that there's anything wrong with it. So it's a, there's a difference of opinion, obviously, between the stewards and between the FIA. Yeah, this so, is the strange thing, because Racing Point have said all along they've been very open about this, but then the, in the stewards' report, it seemed to imply that they didn't feel that they were open about it. So, yeah, it's a strange one. Um, I have a feeling that this will get overturned on appeal, personally. It's, yeah, I think so, too. Because the situation we're in right now is like untenable, isn't it? It's essentially the situation now is you have an illegal car, but we're going to let you keep using it. Yes. Which doesn't really make any sense either way, does it? What's the difference between this and like the time when everyone copied the double diffuser in like the space of a few races? That's well, a very good question. It is. And I mean, the, the main difference is the fact that on this occasion, they didn't take a bunch of photos to copy. They were literally just given the designs for the parts. Well, this is where Lawrence's yeah. argument comes that they can't forget what they exactly. already had. Yeah. What do they, like, I don't think the FIA have, like, men in black brainwashing technology. You can't just forget the design for a part that you're already using. <laughs> just that would be an interesting um, <laughs> method of sort of applying... <laughs> <laughs> fixing to rule rule breaking just send will smith around with his little pen <laughs> <laughs> and 
and get the entire staff to stand in front of him while he flashes. <laughs> send Will send Will Smith round to flash him. No, they need to send they need to send Elon Musk in his neural net, don't they? Yeah, he, he's, he's yeah. all over it. So yeah, it's Toto Wolf is trying to be a mediator in all of this, which I, I feel like he has a vested interest. But there we go. Um, <laughs> he's trying Quite to avoid this having to go to court and roll on for months and months, but. I think it's probably going to go to court and roll on for months and months, isn't it? Yeah, probably. At the moment, we're in the weird situation where, because they were protesting for three races, it was the Styrian, Hungarian, and British Grand Prix results that were protested. All the penalties they got were for the Styrian result, and they just got reprimands for the other two. And then after the race, Sunday just gone, they received another reprimand. And the FIA basically said, we now have to give the team a reprimand after every single race that they are using these brake ducts, which is such a dumb situation oh, to be in. But there we go. Classic. It's just classic F1. Though, yeah. Isn't it? So I think essentially we're going to have an asterisk next to their results for the entire rest of the season until we get a court case to decide this. But yeah. Yeah, I think I've, yeah, we've probably covered that at this point. I think, like the because obviously this has been rumbling on all weekend and for a week or so, and I think there's only so much we can really head to it, isn't there? No, we don't want to get any more bogged down in it, really, do we? Yeah, no, I think I think there's more interesting things to talk about after um, after the weekend. Far more interesting things. Qualifying gave us a really interesting grid. It was banging. It was a banging qualifier. I, I only got to watch the highlights, and I was as soon as I watched the highlights, I was like, oh man, I missed that. So good. <laughs> yeah, I did the same. Unfortunately, I was I was out shopping. How boring! Oh, what? What? Know, right? What were you doing? What were you thinking? I can't even remember. Did you buy? I hope you bought something great. <laughs> um, I don't remember what it was. Honestly, like the way the heat is right now, I barely know where I am. I don't know what I was doing yesterday, let alone the weekend. My excuse was I was helping my boss migrate a ten-year-old PC onto a brand new Mac. So that was my Saturday. That sounds oh, like that it was Saturday like... and Sunday and. <laughs> Yeah. Rest of life, but it, is it sad that I'm actually kind of a little bit jealous? <laughs> I, <laughs> you want to migrate a ten-year-old PC onto a new Mac? I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you look, come round. She'll she'll do you a nice lunch. No, will she? I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm not interested in the lunch. I just want to go just transfer want to, okay, files. Yeah. Either, either way, that it's fine by me. Anyway, th- th- we're getting really derailed really I'm quickly. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> um, Qualifying, yeah, it was really good, really, really enjoyable. Um, I, I saw the whole thing. Hulkenberg, absolutely yeah, huge result. A big headline was definitely Hulkenberg. He's going yeah. home with a massive smile on his face. Yeah, on I mean, Saturday it was, yeah. Well, yeah, the, both days, I think he did really, really well. Yeah, yeah, like the race result didn't necessarily, on paper, look as good, but it was kind of out of his hands. I think it was he only did the a, last, the last few laps that sort of, um, pretty much, yeah. It. Yeah, just just really spectacular. Um, if if I mean he he said he's already been talking to other teams about a seat for next season, and these last two weekends he's not really uh, harmed his chances, has he? Let's put it that way. Buzz in. Definitely not. I was I was literally as he as he crossed the line for P three. I was jumping up and down in that office. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I was cheering, and there was I wasn't the only one either. Mm. Everyone in there was really really happy to see him do as well as he did. I, I'm really surprised he got got it up as high as he did in qualifying. It just shows you what a um, what a great driver he is, doesn't it? Really? It really his, does. Yeah, his stock was definitely gone up from that one. Well, the, the thing um, that surprised me is Perez has not been beating Stroll as of late, and Perez is. You know, everyone will agree Perez is a pretty great driver. And yeah. for Hulk to do that 
a shame he didn't finish ahead of him because it looked like he was going to. He um, it should have done, yeah. Yeah, he... It's not a good advert for Lance Stroll. If you've been in that team for, what, this is round five we've just had. Yeah. And um, he's, you know, he's had a whole season, well, half a season, well, quarter of a season, <laughs> normal season, um, to get to grips with that car and to sort of figure it out. And for someone who's not driven a Formula One car for some time now to just come in, having not done, not even run a full race, just he's, he's done a bit of a weekend last weekend, didn't get to do a full amount of laps. And then to out-qualify him is, oh, that's got to hurt, hasn't it, if you're Lance Stroll? It really has, yeah. Um, so I feel like the pen, the um, the last pit stop that he was given was kind of like Daddy Stroll strategy. It's like those meme videos where he calls, <laughs> calls him up. It's like, sorry. They, they did quite quickly move to squash those um, conspiracy theories. Um, oh. oh, did yeah. they? They did, yes. Because I'll they take knew my tinfoil exactly, hat off. They knew that's exactly what everyone was going to be saying. Um <laughs> But yeah, other way, other way in qualifying, um, Verstappen qualified on the hard tyres in fourth place. The only person to do that. Um, I mean, to put a car on hard tyres in fourth is pretty impressive. Um, Seemed like a good I mean, tyre. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? All The whole weekend showed that the soft tyres were good for sort of nothing. Like whenever teams are doing their quali runs in uh, practice, they were barely managing one lap on the soft tyres. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it's it sort of would be the equivalent of him qualifying on mediums, I guess. But even so, an impressive. Renault seemed to have good qualifying pace, at least still. They both qualified ahead of the Ferraris and McLarens, who were down in 8th and 11th for Ferrari and 10th and 12th for McLaren, which was a big disappointment for them. George Russell in Q2 yet again. He's becoming a bit of a, a qualifying specialist. Huh. Um, yeah. Shame he doesn't have and, the race car underneath him, but yeah. It is really, yeah. Uh, and the Alfa Romeos were firmly last again, and Kimi yes. was sounding as angry as he has done for a lot of this season. Yeah, really. he's not a happy bunny. Um, so, interesting thing, uh, in practice three with Alfa Romeo, Kubica was only two tenths behind um, his... Uh, sorry, FP1, I think it must have been. Yeah. Um, two tenths yeah. behind Kimi Raikkonen. And um, obviously that's significant because... All through last season, George Russell was at least a second and a half, often two seconds ahead of Robert Kubica. Mm -hmm. So it begs the question, if Russell and Raikkonen were in the same team, would Russell be two and a half seconds or were a second and a half quicker than Kimi Raikkonen as well? You'd suspect so, wouldn't you? Yeah, based (laughs) on that performance. um, So it kind of like... I guess I you know, I don't really need to say it over and over again because I say it a lot about George Russell, but it it just shows you what a great driver he is. I think. Let's talk about the race, I guess. I don't know about you, but I expected Verstappen to get absolutely swamped at the start on hard tires, and he did the complete opposite. He had one of the best starts on the grid and got past Hockenberg before turn one. That really surprised me. It was best tire. It kind of was the best tire, which is. Weird. Weird. Um, they, 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 we were saying this when we were watching the race. It's remarkable how much of a difference a few degrees and a few p- uh, PSIs in a tyre can make. It really is, yeah. How how much you can just hamper what has been up until this point one of the most dominant-looking cars in F1 history. <laughs> Back-to-back races are a fascinating they really are. Especially if they tweak it slightly each time. That's That should be the format. Is it's just They just tweak a few variables 
I have really enjoyed having these back-to-backs. I mean, it's not going to happen again going forward. There's like so many places queuing up wanting F1 races. There's no way they're going to fill two calendar slots with the same place unless they absolutely have to, unfortunately. But Mm. it's been a nice little treat this year. Yeah, it has been. There's um, plenty more more races lined up, though, so that's good. At least we're going to lots of different places. And a few less triple headers. On the, on the horizon now as well. Yes, Stu will get some weekends off. Get, get a bit of a break, yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. So we'll sort of stick with Verstappen's race, I guess, to start with. I mean, the um, meme the memes started early. <laughs> there was, there, it was maximum memes from Verstappen again. Yeah. Oh, the grandma thing you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, he he's stayed with the Mercedes on the hard tire without any real issue whatsoever. Like yeah, we started a solid seeing... second behind Hamilton for the first 11 laps. Yeah, at which point the team told him to drop back um, to save the tyres. And he, as you said, get on the radio to say, this is the only chance of being close to Mercedes. I'm not just sitting behind like a grandma. Which I was very happy to hear, to be honest. Like, given At that that point in the race, I said, that is the perfect radio message for him to now go and win the race. Yeah, he did, actually. And he did. (laughs) Well, it's compare it to the last race where... After Bottas had his failure and Hamilton sort of was nursing his tyres, Red Bull took the slightly safer option of pitting Verstappen, whereas I wanted them to go and like hound Hamilton down and really push him towards the end. So it was nice to see Red Bull, or well, at least Verstappen, Red Bull didn't want to initially, but Verstappen at the very least, taking that more aggressive route and like really taking the fight to them. And yeah. I think over the years, like it's been shown on a number of occasions that when Mercedes have a weakness if someone's there to really take the fight to them like the chance is there to beat them and for Mercedes to crumble or to make mistakes or have things go wrong so it was I'm good amazed. to see them do I'm amazed that. amazed to see them have a weakness just after the first few races to see them be weak is yeah because they've looked bulletproof yeah yeah the the fact that they have, were having tire trouble is the real sort of kicker for me because you know you the, the dash system is there to sort of give them the tire advantage mm. and to allow them to wear their tires less and it's it's just been ineffective really in this if any, or it might have even been a hindrance to them at this at this last race because the the blisters on that car both cars as they were going through the tire cycles was just so so i mean you could really see them falling to yeah so so quickly as well hamilton had a few theories it was either that the red bulls tire pressures are too low or there's a problem (laughs) with the mercedes speaking Uh, of tinfoil hats yeah (laughs) (laughs) um he did come on the radio and say that he did yeah yeah, which was a bit bit naughty i thought it was a bit it uh, it smelled a bit like sort of yeah sour grapes a little bit wasn't it we didn't talk about um, Bottas beating him in qualifying and how short he was in interviews afterwards and the, the sort of bad loseriness. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd say it's bad loseriness. I'd say it's more... I think he's incredibly self-critical. I think when he doesn't win and he knows it's his fault that he had it in him to be first, I think he's incredibly hard on himself and outwardly that does come across as kind of quite sulky but I don't think that's what it is I think it is just him really internally beating himself up like yeah you see drivers like Albon and Norris they're always very open about discussing 
you know, this is the mistake I made, this is what I need to improve on. Whereas mm. Hamilton seems to internalize all that quite a bit more, I think. Yeah. Why, um, Stu, why do you think the DAS may have hindered the rears? Uh, because I think if you're throwing, if you've got more turn in, if you've got a more pointy car, which is what that's designed to do, it, you can you can put more toe on it if and take more off, mm. take that toe off when you need to. So if you've got a more pointy car, you're putting more pressure on the on the rears mm. because as you turn in, it, that bite is so much harder that it, it it puts more pressure on the back of the car as as it goes in. So can they mitigate that problem? Maybe for next race, do you think? I mean, they could compromise yeah, on yeah, setup. They can. Yeah, yeah, they but... can set it up a different way. I think fundamentally, it's probably. I don't think it's necessarily a DAS issue. I think it's more of a setup issue that, that mm. they had, and it's it's very much a downforce issue as well. The down, the piles of downforce that that Mercedes has got compared to the Red Bull. The Red Bull had skinny wings on this weekend, mm. and they got it right. Like Albon mm. brought it back from quite far back, and Verstappen didn't have a single issue with tires through the entire race. So it Red Bull absolutely set their car up perfect for the race knowing full well that the tires were going to disintegrate mercedes probably went a little bit too far on downforce and a little bit too far on sort of tire warming and and the way they the way that car works with the tire and they asked they asked too much of the tires through the entire race yeah i mean it was notable that um after the mercedes came in on sort of lap 13 14 to switch to hards and Max obviously stayed out and took the lead. The Mercedes cars would have him blisters on those new hard tires. Yeah. Like within no time. And Max was still on the tires he'd qualified on and they were looking yeah. pristine. Yeah. Like there were there were two a, leagues. There were two separate leagues. It was like Max Verstappen and Leclerc just yeah. like seemed to be happy as Larry with their tires the whole race. And the Mercs were we could see that we could just we could visibly them, yeah. see like the shading of the wheels as they were going around you was like why mm, are they yeah. so disgusting they had a <laughs> so there was a really really the thing that really showed you this tiny operating window that was there across the range of tires was the fact that when Verstappen came in and got his mediums he spent six laps on them before yeah. they were gone and then he went back out on the um, on the hard again for the rest of the race and if he'd stayed any longer on that um, medium, he would have been in a bit of trouble, I think. They could have been sort of looking at things like punctures and, and just really, really high wear graining. And to go back to the hard set, hard tyre straight after that, after such a short period of time, just shows you what how unviable the rest of the tyre range was for, for this race at these temperatures yeah, really this weekend. He did really get everything out of that. Uh, six laps on the mediums um he it allowed him to well he red bull had a slightly ropey pit stop by their standards unfortunately for him but um he came out just behind bottas and martin brundle had barely finished saying it shouldn't take him too long to get past him and he had got past him to take the lead again so then coming on to the next round of pit stops where verstappen and bottas came in together i'm not sure if that was coincidence or whether mercedes told him to follow verstappen in or not. But to be honest, by that point, they'd kind of already lost the race, hadn't they? Hmm. That gave Hamilton the lead, and Mercedes then opted to keep Hamilton out for a further nine laps. That meant when he pitted, he dropped down to fourth, but on the fresher rubber, he put in just a string of fastest laps, which let him catch um, Leclerc and Bottas and finished second in the end. Bottas was understandably not a happy bunny after the race. <laughs> 
Um, he said the team was sleeping on strategies. He said that if he had known that he was likely to be coming, um, being alongside Verstappen at the end of the pit stops, he might have been able to take some more at the tyres to mitigate that. Although Toto Wolff said they were never going to beat him at that point anyway. I think I, think I was maybe a bit optimistic on Bottas. I think where he potentially does have reason to be aggrieved is the fact that Hamilton was ultimately given the better strategy. Um, Mercedes admitted that when they took the tyres off Bottas' car, they saw that they had much more tread left than they expected them to. And that's why they left Hamilton out longer. Mm. Is that where they got all the information about the, the blisters not not being that much of an issue? Like Essentially, essentially yeah. yeah. They looked at the tyres that came off Bottas' car, saw the state they were in, and assuming Hamilton's would be in a similar state, decided to leave him out. Because we were watching he... watching Hamilton go around, and the rear tires looked terrible. And he's on the radio saying, "Are they okay?" And they're like, "Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay." And Brundle was explaining that the the those horrible lines that come down um, can just kind of be worn away, and the they tire... can like so like the the thing with that is you can have like a a big old fat wide blister in your tire, but if, as long as it's not too deep then it's okay you can work through it the the issue hamilton had was like his his tire was a bit like um it had lots of small blisters along a certain band of it that but they were never like connected to each other and expanding into one big mass of air bubble do you know what i mean mm. so yeah when that happens as long as there's enough tread in the tire you could have like you can have a hole deep inside that tire that hasn't reached the surface yet and it won't affect your grip once it gets to the surface it will have an effect on grip because obviously there's less surface area in contact with the road but it'll and it will slow you down a little bit but it won't risk compromising the tire because there's enough tread there for the wall to remain um intact if you like so yeah. once your tire gets worn down too far if that bubble inside of it is too big for the to be contained within the tread of the tire then that's when you start to have delaminations and things tires falling apart exploding that kind of thing yeah. this has been this has been tire talk the podcast oh yeah it has the whole, it, so the whole thing let's, let's it, <laughs> back into some classic tire i had a feeling i had a feeling it might be <laughs> this week Do this, you... it was it was fascinating the whole race was fascinating the tire situation we were just umming and ahhing the whole way through and i think there is a race of tire talk this one it was very much my kind of like strategy heavy race um yeah i I enjoyed it there were a few people at work who thought it was a bit boring but i thought it was really good i love it i love a race that's got a real tension to it and this one yeah definitely had that in space especially when it's you know it's for the lead like you don't get many of those across motorsport you don't get many races like that for the lead so it was really exciting i thought it was max 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 super max just watching him do his super max thing oh yeah he was phenomenal yeah um to put my Bottas fan hat on for a second. I I had this as, as good as a race it was. I couldn't like shake this sort of melancholy feeling after the race of just this is why Bottas isn't going to win a world championship. Like this is one of the few times where Bottas has looked as fast as if not faster than Hamilton for much of the weekend. He was leading the race. He had the advantage of being able to pit first that being in the lead gives you. Yeah. And one of the few times he gets that advantage turns out to be one of the very small number of times where that's actually a disadvantage and he loses even more ground in the championship as a result and, of it. And last year as well, he was in the similar situation where he was... Yeah, exactly. When yeah. we were there, yeah. He lost... But that was, a safety, that was a safety car that 
killed him yeah, last time. But again, it was he lost a race through no fault of his own. Like last week, his tire went at the worst possible point in the lap, whereas Hamilton's tire went at a point where he yeah. could nurse it home. Like he has the worst look, doesn't he? Everything, you know, look kind of it's a bit wishy washy and it balances out ultimately, but things do seem to be falling into Hamilton's lap a lot here. Like as I said last week, like the drivers trying to beat Hamilton are not going to get many chances to beat him like they did last week, and <laughs> he still won the race. So, yes, I, I do feel sorry for Bottas, and I do think he was right to be pretty angry about it. But I also, I don't think Mercedes could have done much different. Like, it's understandable. You, it's an understandable you, rage. Yeah, they they had. If they thought there was a chance of getting one of their cars into a position to challenge Verstappen, they're gonna take it, aren't they? Like, yeah, you're not gonna not do that because it's oh, it it would be unfair on error of the driver. That's not how sport works, unfortunately. Yeah, that's just not how how it works. Now, like if if you can get one of your cars to the front, doesn't matter which one it is and how you do it, you get them there. And he's still got, and he's still um, gonna race for them for years to come. Like, yeah. you know, it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, he actually got confirmed for next season earlier this week, um, which caught me by surprise because I thought it had already happened, to be completely honest with you. It's <laughs> been such a sure thing they were going to sign him on again that I actually thought it had already happened. But there we go. Um, Mercedes have a driver next season, though. It's Valtteri Bottas. Who knows who the second driver will be? Who knows, <laughs> eh? Who, who, who could guess? Yeah, so Verstappen obviously never... Looked like not winning that race, and he went on to take his ninth victory in F1. Max, 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 super Max. I just wanted to be in Amsterdam. <laughs> That's all I wanted to be. I just wanted to be like raging, partying with the, orange people. The, the Verstappen um, fans are something else, having seen them in person <laughs> on a few yep. occasions. Hmm. I, I want to be in that yeah. party. Looks like a good party. I'd like to be adjacent to that party. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton record time. Yeah, Hamilton record corner. Um, that second place for him means he's now equaled Michael Schumacher's record of 155 career podiums. We can only assume he will take that record outright next week because that's what he does. His lead in the championship actually remains at 30 points now, but that 30-point lead is from Verstappen rather than Bottas after uh, Verstappen's win, which, I mean, for Bottas to be anything other than brilliant in the championship in that car kind of shows the look he's had recently, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. A few other bits and bobs. Leclerc uh, finished behind them in fourth. He actually managed to make the one-stop work, unlike pretty much everyone else. Yeah, um, I can't believe he did that. I, yeah, I was really so surprised that he got through. Oh, just I was annoyed as well. I was very annoyed. He's a golden boy. I really wanted Hulkenberg to get to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did he pit? He pitted on lap 18. Um, wow. Which is, yeah. So I can only, I assume he started on mediums and then switched to the hards. He um, did start on mediums, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really impressive drive from him. Um, Albon, I thought, was really good as well. Um, qualified ninth. Um, he pitted first of anyone, which dropped him right to the back. Um, but he fought his way back to fifth, making some blinding overtakes along the way of which i'm sure we'll talk about in more detail shortly mm-hmm. um yeah hulkenberg that we mentioned a little disappointing on paper he was in fifth for most of the race but he had to make a precautionary stop as they were worried about one of his tires failing towards the end of the race which dropped him uh to seventh did they not have mediums 
Did he not have a set of mediums left? Yeah, because he switched to softs, didn't he, for that final stint, which was... Yeah. This is this I is can only assume theory. he was out of mediums. I think a lot of teams, because obviously they have to choose their tyres quite a way in advance, um, and I can only assume that they just ran out because a lot of teams got yeah. caught out on their tyre usage. Like They were basically just spending practice sessions rattling through the soft tyres because they knew they wouldn't need them in the race. So, yeah, he must have run out of mediums. Uh, but yeah, as we said, still a really impressive weekend for Hulk. Um, Renault sort of had a contrasting race. Ricardo, despite qualifying really well, seemed to struggle for pace quite a bit. Um, then he had a spin while he was fighting with Norris and he had a couple of cars ahead of him. Um, he actually called it a Seb spin, which I thought was a little harsh. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't hear that. Although, to be fair, he kind of he explained that by saying he can... As a result of that, he can understand some of the issues Seb has had because he was in a similar position where he was sort of had a car in just that right position to just remove a lot of the aero from half of your front wing. So the second he stepped on the gas, he just swapped ends because it was just like all kinds of aero wash ruining his own aerodynamics. Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. This is this is not the legacy that Vettel wants to have no. in Formula One. <laughs> yeah, Seb's which spin, we had yeah. another one, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. But yeah, he dropped out of the points as a result. Kind of disappointing. Uh, Ocon finished eighth, which he said he thought was the maximum they could get, which is... Mr. Ocon consistency. Yeah, well, he's not really been that since his return, has he? He's been a little yeah. bit up and down, but um, he was pretty happy with his eighth place, which may is weird to be happy with eighth place, given how well Renault did in the previous race. But there we go. Mm. McLaren were looking at another really good double points finish, but they completely botched one of Sainz's pit stops. He had to jam on the brakes to avoid slamming the side of someone. Yeah, that was unlucky. Yeah. Um, he, he was lucky he was paying enough attention to get on the brakes that quickly, really, and not get an unsafe release penalty, but it still dropped yeah. him way back into the pack and he didn't recover from that. And yeah, talk about Vettel again, because we seem to talk about Vettel every week. Um, he had a spin on the inside of turn one, which dropped him right to the back. I actually saw someone analyze like the lap times. He got stuck behind Grosjean for a little while when he was fighting back. We were watching that fight. We are like, come on. Yeah, it's given... To be fair, Grosjean's been quite decent this weekend, but you still... Yeah, he was actually. They qualified really well. We didn't mention yes. that, but Grosjean... It... But yeah. you still shouldn't see Vettel being stuck behind him. Um, however, once Vettel got past Grosjean, he was actually lapping really well. He was faster than quite a lot of the guys in front of him. And then the team just pitted him at completely the wrong time. Um, they dropped him basically into the back of a DRS train behind like the Renaults and I think it was Sainz and Kvyat in yeah. there. And he basically never made any progress after that. He got on the radio and said, uh, this is the gap we didn't like. We spoke about it this morning. I'll hang in there, but you know that you've messed up. Yeah. Um, again, I, uh, just... Can I, bust, can I bust out the Stuart, the Stuart impression of Ferrari? <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. You cannot... You can't say Ferrari is a crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari. It's a Falali. You got to do the L. You got to replace the L R's with L. <laughs> it's a Falali. Um, one thing I have noticed <laughs> with Seb's radio messages this season is that whenever he's saying these things, whether he's like saying we should have done this, we need to do this, complaining and stuff, all he ever gets in response is okay, copy. And like, yeah. there's nothing like you hear all these other teams like with the race engineers having this relationship with the drivers and like chatting backwards and forwards and stuff and like trying to like encourage them or trying to like talk them down when they're angry. 
and that's all Vettel ever seems to get is okay copy, and like that would drive me fair, insane like, personally. The Leclerc's engineer as well is similar. Like Leclerc's engineer does this hilarious thing where he starts every sentence with the word "and." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and Verstappen is two <laughs> seconds behind, and then that'll be it, and then it'll be, and box, box, box. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because obviously he's speaking English and he's it's not his first language, so he just and it's his habit of just starting yeah. every radio message with that. I quite like it's that. just funny how like the syntax of like a radio message is sort of becomes habitual for like the <laughs> for the people who are on the radio all the time. It's really interesting. I did enjoy um Leclerc's radio after the race. Um he asked his engineer for the top ten and he ran through them and Leclerc was like, Okay, cool. Can you tell me the top three again? I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um so Seb says he's still just a complete loss to explain the struggles he's having. Um, Ferrari have said they're open to swapping him to a brand new chassis if he thinks there's some fundamental problem with the the chassis itself. Could have a sub issue, yeah, it could do. Possibly, yeah. Uh, you do see that sometimes where, I mean, we had it for a while with Kubica, didn't we? He was convinced that there was something fundamentally yeah. wrong with the car. Turned out um, he was... They, they swapped. yeah. Yeah, it turned out it was just up against an absolute legend. <laughs> I was going to say maybe um, Seven Charles should swap, but I don't think that would do Seb's confidence much good, would it? No, I don't think it would. Um, but yeah, another sort of really difficult weekend for Vettel. Um, he'll be glad to see the back of Silverstone, I think. Hopefully he can bounce back a little bit in Spain. Yeah. See, I mean, they weren't looking very quick during testing in Spain, so... They were... Well... To be fair, testing is probably the best I've looked all season. <laughs> it still wasn't as fast as Mercedes, but it was still probably the best I've looked. Ooh, it's true they were absolutely they were still up there. Bridge. Anyway, um, should we do a driver of the day? Or actually, no, we've got a new name. We've got a new name this week, haven't we? For one time only. Who does he think he is, Sterling Moss? We decided during the race okay. that we renamed driver of the day this what? week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? It, if they kept saying it in the commentary, they kept bringing up the Sterling Moss. I remember my great-grandparents saying that. My great-grandmother used to say to me, who do you think you are, Sterling Moss? <laughs> and I said to Chris, I said to Chris, I want to bring that phrase back because it's such a good phrase. And then we decided we'd make it driver of the day. So whoever driver of the day is, it's whoever they think <laughs> oh, they are. God. Right, all right. Well, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> we should have told you before. <laughs> Kind of like this testing new formats, like live <laughs> in the episode. It's quite fun. You you, you knew this was going to happen oh, when yeah. you invited me big on this time, thing. Big time. There's something else coming up you don't know about, Stu, but I'll leave that as a surprise for oh, you. Oh, it's, it's less of a surprise now, Chris. Uh, who who thinks they're Sterling Moss this week? Any nominations? Max Verstappen definitely thinks he's Sterling Moss, doesn't he? I mean, he was just phenomenal, wasn't he? He was pretty much unbeatable. Um He'd got the Honda beat set to 11. <laughs> I saw a, I don't know how they worked this out, but I saw an analysis um, this week that claimed that the Honda is now the second best engine in terms of horsepower on the grid. Who said that? It was a journalist from a website that I've now forgotten. But um, oh, I don't believe them. Um, uh, actually, no, maybe I do. I mean, it's not, it's not a difficult conclusion to come to, is it? Considering no, I that guess not. The, only the two stats cars are all there. Are, yeah, I mean, the only two cars that are doing anything like winning races are Honda-engined and Mercedes-engined. It's true. So it's quite simple. And Alpha, Alpha did. Alpha were quite. Yeah, tasty. Alpha had a 
Tower where did they? Where did they end up? To, they the finished. The Kvyat was tenth, and Gasly was eleventh. Nah. So yeah, I think they potentially had to take additional pit stops as well. But anyway, drive the day. Any other? Um, nomination. No, that's it's this it's super super max. I think Hulkenberg's worth a shout out just to sort of to do as well as he did under he the was, circumstances. Under the circumstances, he was sort of there were the, the the racing points for a long time were kind of just in the middle of that gap, that no man's land between sort of the front pack and, yeah. and everyone else. Like they they sort of had the track to themselves for quite a long time, and they were just going around within a couple of seconds of each other. Um, I watched I watched their race quite keenly actually, but um, it just looked like towards the end, like something something messed up big time tire wise for um, for Hulkenberg, and he ended, that it's that extra pit stop he made that absolutely ruined him. Otherwise, he would have hammered um, Stroll. Yeah. There was no way Stroll was getting around him. He was he, no he had no chance. through the entire race. It was just the tire. Wise. So did they they say his his tires were about to go? Is that I didn't I didn't hear yeah. anything post race. I don't know if they. Th- saw a slow puncture or they just like had a lot of blistering or whatever but yeah they said it was like uh they think if they hadn't pitted him he probably wouldn't have seen the end of the race yeah and i think for me as well we might not get another chance this season to give nico hulkenberg drive of the day so i think today's sh- it should go to that's him. a good point how about we we roll in like uh a driver of saturday and sunday <laughs> Because he was definitely the driver of well, Saturday. He was for sure. What if one of one of one of them can be driver of the day and the other one can think that he's Sterling Moss? Okay, that sounds fair. So let's say Hulkenberg <laughs> is driver of the day, and and who does Max Verstappen think he is? Sterling Moss. <laughs> cool, that works. Yeah. Move of the day. Do either of you have anything to talk about other than the one I think we're all going to pick? No. No. <laughs> I, I actually don't. I needed. I, 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 I'm off. It's, I, you know, this is the hardest part of the podcast for me because I'm so busy on a race weekend. I actually don't get to watch that much of the race a lot of the time, <laughs> so um, I have to miss some of these like really, really big moves. But um, I'm sure you guys can pick one. It's. I mean, it's Albon, isn't it? It's Albon going around the outside of, well, uh, approaching cops almost on the grass alongside Kimmy, and then going around the outside of him. Um, I'm not sure he'd have tried that on some other drivers on the grid. Um, Kimi is a an experienced head on his shoulders to um, be able to do that move too. But even so, it was it was pretty. Well, mighty. he had to make he had to make the move. He was sort of trundling around um, at the back for a yeah, while definitely. at the beginning of the race, and he did make it up by the end. Um, and it was a super. I mean, uh, but Button was saying it's one of the few tracks where you still have grass around. Uh, yeah, and it does does make a spectacular move look even more sp- cinematic. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. So Albon, we, we get we're getting one with the Albon all day. I think I can. I think I might have seen that one, and I think I can picture it. So I'm going to give up my vote as well. <laughs> it was he, in an interview after the race. Actually, I can't remember who he was talking to, um, but they were showing that overtake kind of in slow motion and Alvin was sort of pointing out the point at which he could tell by the behavior of Kimmy's car whether he was going to give him space or not and the exact moment at which he decided to commit to the move rather than backing out of it it was really interesting to see kind of frame by frame like the exact moments he was noticing these things and making these decisions mm. It just shows you what you know how fast the decision making is that's a split split second decision isn't yeah. it that 
And it's a good, like a subconscious thing as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a real sort of nature they have, isn't it? It's not yeah, like it really you're is. really, really thinking that. It's not like a game of... I suppose it is like a game of chess, but a zillion miles an hour. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, and then a final award. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? I've, I've got a WTF for you. Are you ready Go for on, this? Hit us, hit us. We need one. The jackets they were making the presenters oh, with. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> how hot must they have been? I it I know so how hot, hot they were that day. because I live in Buckingham and Buckingham is twenty minutes from Silverstone. It was hot. I, there were people either side of that frame. As soon as the cameras stopped rolling, they were just chucking them at people. I'm telling you, there's no way they were wearing it those was, all day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely I mean, no way. Martin uh, Brundle, by his own admission, looked like a used car salesman. His tie, yeah. I liked his tie. That that red tie with the squared off bottom got a lot of time for that. <laughs> Crofty looked like he was um, on an episode of Bargain Hunt. <laughs> it's the juxtaposition between the the suits and the the masks as well. Really, kind of. Yeah, that was a little strange. Ruins ruins the aesthetic. My absolute favorite though was Paul Deresta, who you could tell one hundred percent wanted to have absolutely no part in those shenanigans. He had no time for dressing up whatsoever, and he was doing it under protest. A lot of people have pointed out that this is the second race now where someone has been in some kind of 1950s fancy dress and everything's fallen to pieces for uh, Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah, that's so true. So I can only assume Red Bull are going to be changing their entire team attire for the uh, rest of the season. Um, so on this 1950s thing, I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I feel like they just make up sort of celebrations and anniversaries constantly <laughs> in F1. Every, every other week it feels like there's a there's a random what is it? A random bit of nostalgia to sort of look back on. But did anyone else get a bit bored of seeing like fake emotional kind of uh, VTs? This it week? was laid on a bit Ooh. thick, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. wasn't it? Um, so it was, I, I felt um, the Murray Walker interview was quite difficult to listen to. He he sounds very sad. <laughs> he is very very old though. I th- I he thought very, it was very very, very nice to hear his voice again. Um, I mean, it was nice. But it, it was just like it was it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Yeah. Um. I mean, um, there's a reason why you don't see much from these days. But uh, it's, yeah. it's always a broadcasting legend, Murray Walker, absolute legend. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think that's I think that's probably like the biggest WTF though is the way they were dressed. Crofty looked like. Crofty looked like my dad in in uh, <laughs> Furtive Ventura. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. The only other WTF that sprang to mind was Seb being pitted at the absolute worst time. But he was kind of he was hampered by his own spin and all that stuff as well. It yeah, wasn't he just the pit, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It's an easy one. That's an easy WTF though. We're now we're not doing that. It's too easy. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, there weren't there weren't many other shocking things that happened, were there? Oh, oh, I know, Magnuson, the the jab. Oh, yeah, yes, took there a jab we go. Latifi, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that I was saw bad. That. that was. Oh yeah, that was very nasty. That actually, you know what? That's my WTF moment because his head was yeah. fully gone at that point. He had red mist to do that. Yeah, like, you just don't do that. That is like Dan Tickton levels of bad. No, we don't say that name on this podcast. Oh, yeah, we don't do it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you who else doesn't say his name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one hanging, actually. Yeah, let's leave that one completely <laughs> hanging. I better not go any further with that one. Do you want to swiftly take us into predictions, Stu? Yes. Oh, I think yes. it's time for some predictions. And, um, and absolutely, yes. 
appalling um, set of results for us this week. Tom, the only scorer of the presenters, he predicted correctly that 19 people would finish. Um, the worst part of that is the only category I didn't predict the same on as Tom last week was number of finishes. So he got a point and I didn't. Uh, I would, though, like to open a steward's inquiry at this point. Oh, really? As you. So according Go to the ahead. little table we have here. Oh, no. You got zero have points. I, have I buggered it? Looking back at last week's document, you got zero points. However, looking at the website, I can't help but notice that you got a point for saying Kevin Magnuson was first DNF. Oh, and I've got Raikkonen. Yeah. You know what I've done? Have you looked at the wrong I've, week? Uh, I've looked at the wrong week when I've been uploading my... Unbelievable. My, my ting. I think that is a 15-point deduction and 400,000 oh, euros, whoa, whoa, please. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can we not just reduce this to a reprimand <laughs> each race from now on? <laughs> Black and white flag for Stu. We'll just take your points off you. It's fine. Okay. No ham. There was no ham to be seen anywhere. There's going to be so um, many zero ham situations. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have the... I don't think we've got the results up yet on the website. We do. We do have the results. Um, it's a low-scoring week, unsurprisingly, because it's a sea of Lewis Hamilton. The highest scorers... A few people got two points, actually. John Bankston, most notably, got Bottas' fastest qualifier and Verstappen as winner, which is a, a very impressive shout. A handful of people got Kevin Magnussen as their first DNF. But yeah, a, an unsurprisingly low-scoring week. In the overall standings, uh, Oscar Felding remains top on 16 points. Angus Monday, one behind and Timothy George a further one behind, as is Ben O. So it's still super-duper close. Tom, he's on nine points. Stu, I mean, it says eight and a half, but we all know that means seven and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have got a grand total of five points. And where is Mr. Ashley Foster on this list? Ash, you have um, ten points. Well, I missed I missed this week, but I don't think it made much difference because I definitely would have gone triple ham. Yeah, I don't think you'd have scored anything. Um, I wouldn't have picked 19 finishes either. Um, so I'm not bothered that I missed this one. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing better than one of you, I think. You're doing better than all of us. All, what? More than Tom? Yeah, Tom's got nine, you've got ten. The problem is, though, you've now been a co-host on this podcast, which means you won't be able to be good at this ever again. Yeah. Can I have a little green bar on my name? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a little black and white flag next to Stu's name? Absolutely, Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, let's move on storylines this week leading into the spanish grand prix um will the heat in spain cause mercedes issues again or were they track specific guys what do you think i think i think the team's really got to look at this i think we've got to look at it back home milton Keynes, (laughs) you know not milton Keynes, brackley brackley um (laughs) the the team are going to be definitely looking into this i feel like it was a bit of a perfect storm though to be honest like that combination of those tires with that heat and that circuit like silverstone is such a tire punisher yeah i kind of feel like mercedes are going to be back to their best this weekend i would agree with you there yeah i think this trip i mean they they, they all know this track so so well i would yeah I wouldn't expect much madness. I mean, you never know, but I wouldn't expect much craziness at this race in terms of like jumbling up with the order or things like that. Cause they, it's just, it's, it's really about as robotic as formula one gets, I think at the Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite, is it a flat, flat track? Is it? Yeah, um, there's some undulations to it, but it's, yeah. it's just, it's the fact that they spend so much time there and they all know it inside out. They know every bump, Every driver knows every bump of that track because they do so much testing there. So mm. it, it really takes the, the the drivers are all so used to it that it takes 
the driver out of it almost, and it's just down to the the bare numbers of which car is best yeah. suited to the track. So this this last race was an interesting one. We were saying to see the difference in driver's skill. Mm. You know, among among teammates, there was a, a massive disparity. I think this season, like this season's been yeah. really good for that so far. I think definitely, like you've been able to see because we've been doing like two races at the same track in a row as well. It's sort of that that's come through a little bit more, I'd say. Um, yeah, and also like which you know which driver has the in terms of teammates, which car is designed for which driver? Because obviously, Verstappen versus Albon this season is just like nothing compared to last season last season albon more or less had i wouldn't say had the measure of him but he was right up there with him and this season it's just not the case so mm. yeah i say there's been a few occasions where you know the 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 talents of the drivers have definitely gone through uh, moving on to the next storyline can mclaren get some much needed points and get back third place from ferrari my bold prediction at the end of the race was by next week, McLaren will be head of Ferrari. It, Ferrari just so hard to read right now. Like one of them, it feels like one driver is achieving more than that car should be. And one driver is achieving less than that car should be. Yeah. I think but there's where they exactly land on that spectrum in the middle is really hard to tell. I mean, I mean, yeah. we all expected Ferrari to really struggle at Silverstone and Leclerc sort of proved everyone wrong there. Leclerc is is rustling Vettel real hard right now. <laughs> like he's rustling, rustling him hard. He's yeah, rustling <laughs> rustling his feathers. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think Leclerc, I, I think the car is designed around Leclerc this season. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the reason Vettel's struggling is because they yeah. obviously that's what that's the reason they're. You know they've not been able to work together is because they want completely different things from the car. They've got very different styles. It, it just I think that's what we're seeing at Ferrari. Yeah, I think the the hardest thing for Vettel in the past has really struggled with cars that are not quite to his liking. We saw that at Red Bull when he was against um, Ricardo. It felt like Ricardo had a bit more of a better time in that car than what Vettel did. And I think ever since then, really, like that was the start of sort of the steady decline of like his confidence if you like because yeah. did ricardo beat vettel he did yeah he, he did yeah bull, he did it when they were both in red bull he beat him mm. um and yeah. then he went to ferrari and then like yeah he he beat raikkonen like every season i think he beat right i think so but, yeah but um yeah as soon as this new kid shows up he's just ferrari don't often bring young people into the team and i think that's unsettled him a lot as well I, f- I think he felt like for a long time that it was his team and it probably was his team for such a long time mm, it and was ferrari have just they've definitely given up on him the, the, i mean that's clear that anyone can see that well, he's, he's he's been openly saying ferrari is a crap so <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah um next storyline can well sorry will hulkenberg get another chance to grab a podium in spain or will we see the return of perez obviously perez needs to test negative in tomorrow's covid test in order to uh to be able to come to the spanish grand prix um who can say whether he will or not who knows yeah but it would be great to i don't know what i guess the question here is like what would you prefer do you want to see hulkenberg have another crack at a podium or in a car that could could well be 
you know, could have the goods. They were really fast in testing at, um, at the Circuit de Catalonia. Yeah, so they were actually. It could if the if he does if he does get the drive for the next race. This is the time. This is the mm. chance he's going to have to get that podium. I think it will be the the racing point will be faster than the Red Bull. At, it it um, certainly should be, shouldn't it? I think so. Hawk smash. I'll take him beating Stroll. I don't even need to see him on the podium. I just want to see him beat Stroll. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to see Hawk again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot also comes down to the very confusing. Uh, quarantine rules a that we have in this yeah. country and b that exist in other countries and when Perez is allowed to move and where to so there's a lot to navigate I mean obviously we we do wish him well and hope he's still doing well because so far he's not had any symptoms I don't believe but um yeah it's nice to see Hulk back and doing well for sure excitingly as well the Netflix crew were with Racing Point this weekend just gone so they were there nice. for for Hulkenberg and for the whole um break duct saga as well so that'll be an exciting one to watch that will be that's gonna exciting. be a great episode yeah. that's gonna be brilliant hilariously they only announced that there's gonna be a third series today even though everyone has seen the filming crews at every race this season walking around the paddock classic classic again okay. i mean i haven't mentioned this but like i am a, a real f1 um Fan. noob like yeah no I, I i've i know nothing about f1 i've learned everything i know don't about say f1 that don't say that people will turn off through this through this podcast <laughs> and through the bloody netflix show it's yeah. it's done wonders for for people like me yeah um, it's a good show. yeah it's very good at doing that job yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you all turn off this podcast and go and watch netflix on uh no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah don't do that um Final sort of final storyline for this one is what developments will we see from the Racing Point saga? Do we think that they're gonna? Is anything going to be resolved in the next week or so, or is this just going to keep rumbling and rumbling and rumbling on? I think so. As much as Toto wants to get it wrapped up, I do think this is just going to end up going to the uh, the courts, um, yeah, which is so going to take a while. <laughs> more reprimands for Racing Point. More reprimands in the works. Okay. Have more reprimands than points at the current race. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, on that note, let's do some predictions with all that in mind. I am going... Oh, shall we have a talk about what happened last time we went to the Spanish Grand Prix? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't stand out in my memory as a... They rarely do. Race. Yeah, it won't because it was a Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, race classification. So the winner of the Spanish Grand Prix in 2019 was the one, the only Lewis Hamilton, um, followed by Bottas and Max Verstappen just behind. Retirements, we had Lando Norris as the first retirement and Lance Stroll retired as well. So there were 18 finishers. And in qualifying, your boy Valtteri Bottas did the business Ooh. and uh, beat his teammate to, uh, to the number one spot. So with all that in mind, Ash, you can go first. Who is your fastest I'm, I'm, in Q3? I mean, I'm, I'm just jumping in with a double ham straight off straight the bat. Can in. I do that? Yeah, I you can do that. Double, do double that. ham. Okay, if you want to ruin I mean, the flow of it, the, the yeah. things, that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm just speeding it up for you. Yeah, well, yeah, you're true. Yeah, that's, that's also true. And I'm very hungry as well, so it's helpful. <laughs> um, uh, Chris, who's your fastest qualifier? I want to go for a Bottas pole. Bottas pole? I am struggling to decide between Bottas and Hamilton. I think 
I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to go Hamilton. I think Bottas is gonna be a bit too cheesed off to to pull this one out of the bag. Um, Chris, your first. You I mean, your second, but who's gonna win? Yeah, it's Hamilton, isn't it? Hamilton. As I'm much gonna as I go. Want it to be someone else. I'm gonna go Bottas for the win. Oh, he's time. gone opposite. That's interesting. I'm gonna go. I don't want to do the same as um as as both of you. Uh, first DNF this race, last race, the first just now. Who do we have? Kevin Magnussen. Magnussen. That was the only Magnuson. DNF, in fact. The only DNF. K Mag's having a rough time of it at the moment in he Formula is. One, and um, I think he's had a few DNFs so far this season. And he's got a WTF today. He has mm-hmm. got a WTF today, big time. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually go Magnussen. This uh, okay, Mag. This time, K Mag. Um, Ash, your turn. I'm gonna go. Giovinazzi. 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 That's, That's cool. exactly who I had in mind. <laughs> Wrote completely the wrong thing in the thing there. Um, <laughs> Chris, who's yours? Yeah, that's who I had in mind as well. I'm going to go. Giovinazzi as well. Yeah. Double Geo. Um, the rare number double Geo. Of finishers. Ash, your turn to go first again. I mean, I'm tempted to go like 19 or something again. 19. You committing to 19? Mm, I, just, I just feel these cars are so reliable. Going to have to rush you. Yes or no? Yep, 19. 19. Chris? I'll go 18. And then 18. that opens the door for you to go with your normal 17. No, I'm not. I'm going to go 19. Ooh. I am going to go. I, I think we're having... Ah, do I want it? Oh, I've written it in. I've got to, I've got to take it. It's written down. <laughs> um, and then the final one. Chris, can you hit me with a random driver, please? I would love to. It is Roman Grosjean. Grosjean. Oh. <gasps> I'm going to go first for this one. And I am going to say Grosjean 17th. Um, Chris. That's... He's, he's a bit of an enigma this season, isn't he, Raul Grosjean? Mm. Um, let's have a quick look. He's come. I want to know where he came last year and where he came last race, please. If someone could pull okay. those stats up. Um, Spanish Grand Prix last year, I believe. Oh, he was seventh last year, but it was in a very different Haas last yeah. year to what he's in this year. Um, mm. He has come 16th in the previous three races this season. So I'm going to say 16th. Sensible. Sensible, Chris. 16th. And Ash, what are you going to go for? Um, I'll go. 15 just to be different. 15? Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's it. That's the that's it for predictions from us this week. If you want to submit your predictions, just visit backofthegrid.com and um, click on the predictions tab down the left hand side and you'll be able to sign in and do that. First person every week to get all five, if anyone gets all five, gets a prize and there'll be a prize for the winner at the end of the season. So it's never too late to keep you keep your posts coming in, even though we're getting into the season, it's still worth entering because you might get that clean sweep yeah man it's get i came cl- i came close to a, a clean sweep once and it was the most electric i've ever felt in my <laughs> yeah I, I literally i came close to a clean sweep last race not last race race before and what better was, review than that yeah i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> believe it 
So get your predictions in now or right after free practice three. We don't mind. It's like it's the same feeling if you've played Fall Guys. It's the same feeling of <laughs> yes. getting oh, to man. the end of Fall Guys. But we, this is not a Fall Guys podcast, though. Let's not let's not get carried away. We, no, we are not getting sidetracked by Fall Guys. <laughs> a swift bit of news um, before we go to the inbox. Uh, Antonio Felix Acosta has won the Formula E World Championship with two races to spare. It's been a ridiculously close championship all year, but... Um, as you may know, they're doing sort of they're finishing the season with uh, six races in nine days in Berlin and changing the track every couple of races. And he's kind of just dominated these first four rounds of that final six. Um, he's got two pole positions, two wins, a second and a fourth, um, and he's just pulled out this colossal gap to take the championship. Uh, his teammate Vern won the fourth race as well, which moved him into second in the championship uh, and gave Diaz to Chi to their second consecutive constructors championship as well. So massive congratulations to all of them. Um, da Costa seems to be one of these guys where even the people who have lost the championship to him are really happy to see him win it because he just seems to be a very nice guy that is very, very well liked in the paddock. So um, very nice to see. Second place is still very much up for grabs. Like, I can't remember who it was at some point over the last few races. They came and they either won or came second in a race at some point, and they moved from like ninth to second in the championship in one race. Like, it's ridiculously close still. Um, and there's some really great racing going on, um, especially when there's a sprinkling of rain the other day. Uh, but yeah, there's two more races. Um, I believe as you listen to this, if you listen on the day it comes out, it'll be today and tomorrow, I think, for the final two races. So give them a watch. Um, but yeah, to finish, let's do a bit of inbox. Um, and Ash, you have the first one, don't you? Timothy George with Mercedes and Red Bull almost certainly finishing P1 and P2 in the constructors. Which team do you think will finish third and why? So, <laughs> good question. Excellent delivery, Ash. Uh, McLaren, yeah, I want to go McLaren. Let's go McLaren. McLaren. It should be racing point, but. I actually... They don't have the drivers for it. That's the yeah. That's what we talked about earlier, driver skill. Yeah. It, the drivers have been the difference, haven't they? Yeah. Ferrari don't have... Well, Ferrari have one driver and not two. So, being as McLaren have two great drivers and they're delivering, I think it'll be close, but I think they'll do it. I think they'll beat Ferrari. It'd be nice. It'd be very nice. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, next, Talia K says, if Albon sorts out his qualifying and is close to Verstappen in the race, could Verstappen fight for second or more is 2020 in the championship? Didn't make a difference in this race, but in others, Red Bull have had to try to cover off both Mercedes with one car since Albon's been too far back. I don't think winning the championship is likely given the upcoming tracks, but second might be on the cards. I mean, he's uh, second right now. Yeah, I mean, he is second right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not? I don't think he, I don't think he needs any help from Albon. He's got that Honda beat. He's got the Euro <laughs> beats in his cockpit, and he's, yeah, yeah. he's got that rainbow filter. Yeah, that's that's, um, you know, <laughs> shimmering across his visor, and he's just hammering it. He's just killing it. Euro beat. I mean, like Martin, like Martin Brundle said, thank God for Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd love to have a rear gunner there as well, like. Red Red Bull need that second car to be the one. Basically, they want a second driver that's going to finish one position behind Verstappen every week, don't they? Um, and I do think Albon's getting there. He definitely needs to up his qualifying game. Like he he was saying after this race just gone, like how good the car was in the race, like how much he enjoyed driving and how good it felt. But he was just like, when you're working from that far back on the grid, you're never going to be able to get quite as high, are you? No. 
It's true. I love Albon, and as you said last week, he's had less than a season in that Red Bull, mm-hmm. and I think I reckon like next year, the year after, I think he's going to get quite tasty. Yeah, like, I think so. so if much you give, of... they give him the chance, he will. If he needs to be given the chance, that's the thing. And Red Bull are giving the chance. Like so much of the media seem determined to get someone else in that seat just yeah. for a story. It's like, let the guy do his thing. Like, I know. It's so frustrating. For once it's, the... that or, it's that or a soppy VT. They've got to fill the time with something. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. for once, Red Bull are actually seen to be giving their second driver, like, time and space to improve. So, yeah, leave them to it. Yeah. Um, next one, Bram Kuhneman says, do you think Mercedes could have played a better strategy for Bottas? They could have kept him out longer on his stint on hards when Max had the mediums on and try and push him on those tyres. That could have also protected him from protected Lewis late on. I'd be fuming if I was him, to be honest. I mean, it's all right saying that, but like he, hindsight is is twenty twenty. Like they didn't know how worn those tires were at the time, and they all the feedback they were getting from the driver was these tires are gone. So I think he was starting to get a vibration as well, if I remember rightly, or. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely made the right choice at that point. Um, I think that you can only deal with the information you've got at a particular time, and maybe you know all all the all the people who think we're fanboys of Hamilton are probably screaming into their <laughs> earbuds earbuds at the minute. But I, I really don't. I just I think they played the right call for the information they had in the moment. I don't think they are trying to. They, doubtless, they could have played a better strategy for Bottas. But they didn't have the knowledge in the end, so they had to play to the to the information that they had, and that's what they did. And I, I think if they had been one or two in the race at that point, they would probably still have kept Hamilton on the same strategy to keep the fight fair between their two drivers. But as we said earlier, the only reason they did something different with Hamilton is because they thought they might have a chance at beating Verstappen, and that's the only reason they did it as much as as i say i'm a bottas fan and it really sucked to see that happen but it was the sensible thing for them to do and you know to be fair as well credit to mercedes for telling the drivers that they were free to fight they didn't tell bottas to go at hamilton's way they didn't tell hamilton to hold station to protect the result or anything yeah, like that like they let true, them fight and that's that can be they, a know, they know the rules though they know the yeah. rules Plus, to be fair, at that point, it wasn't really a fight, was it? Like, it was an inevitability. Baby, yeah, yeah. Next one. Brandan, will Seb see out the season with Ferrari? (laughs) If not, who will get the seat for the rest of 2020? Yes, he will. will. Yes, yes, he will. Of course, he will. Um, Yeah, he probably will. It's going to be a sad, sad sad decline the only yeah. way he's not fin- the only way he's not finishing that season with ferrari this season with ferrari is if he decides he doesn't want to well that's kind of what i'm thinking like every race it feels more and more like he doesn't want to be there yeah, so there's does. maybe a shred of a chance he will i mean if if he did decide to bow out i think we may have said this before i feel like between the teams, they'd quickly put together a deal to shuffle signs over to Ferrari a bit early, shuffle Ricardo into the McLaren early, and then Renault would. I don't think Alonso would turn up early, but oh, Alonso, Renault I would. He would, you know. I don't know. Maybe Renault would get Hulk back to see out the season, given what he's yeah, done now. Maybe. Wow, um, that is. It would look cool. very. It would look so sour if Vettel left early. It would. It wouldn't look very good. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Stand him in good then stead. again, but then like he. 
if he wants to, you know, if all these rumours about him going to Racing Point next season are true, then he needs to stick around for the entire season. He's just got to grit his teeth, get his head down, do what he can in the obvious dog of a car that he's got. Yeah, and, he does really. Yeah, you know, call this a dog, it's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari. You can't say a Ferrari is a crap. <laughs> I think about you saying that all the time. It makes me so... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Next question. <laughs> Next, uh, Jared Loudermilk. I know we all make fun of the Amazon-powered advanced stats, rightfully so, but how close are we to getting better in-race stats analysis? And after the last two races, do we need to reevaluate the tyre graphic? Definitely. Does anyone pay attention to them anymore? I've just tuned them out. I think most people have got to that point, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, even this weekend, I had someone texting me saying, is that tyre graphic based on anything? And my answer was, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, I do feel like there is something useful in all this data. I just don't think they've necessarily found the right way to display it yet. Well, I um, think the, the I think the problem with... Here's what I said to... Because we, we discussed this the other day, um, me and some other people. The The problem with this, this tire graphic is it's a good idea, but the execution is, mm. is kind of wrong. And it's kind of impossible to implement because what they're doing is they're trying to apply a value, a numerical value to something that is inherently non-numeric, if you like, like that you can't really put like a figure on like the percentage of tire life left on a tire because drive is, is a spectrum of grip. It's not, and it depends on how you drive it. It's not like it's just got a finite number of laps in it, laps in it, and that's how many it'll do. You can drive steady on it for 50 laps and then do you know, five flat out as fast as you possibly can laps on that tire and it'll have all the life in the world for 50 laps and then none after those five that you've been pushing it. So it's impossible. It's, it's all down to driver feel and how much the driver knows is in the tire, knows is yeah, left in the absolutely. tire and the feedback he's getting from the tire. God, we're talking about tires so much. And <laughs> yep. it's about also that the spec of that tire in the first place and how that tire is set up how much air is in the tire how much um how the the compound of the tire how much inherent grip that tire has so it's just impossible to put a number on all of those variables and present it on screen in a timely fashion it live yeah. like you just can't do it it's not possible so it's a guess to be honest though like those tire graphics I'm not a huge fan, but I think they're kind of inoffensive. It's the stuff like the chance of overtake and the striking distance. Like the thing that is good about sport is the unpredictability of it. So don't put something on the screen that takes that away. Don't tell me what's probably going to happen. Let me watch it and see it unfold in real time. Like that I do think does need a bigger it, looking at yeah really really like don't give away the game you know don't take the drama out of it we've said it a million times like it needs to be it, you, if you want people to watch formula one don't tell them what's going to happen <laughs> That's the yeah it's, it's almost like you didn't let them wait and see what's going to happen don't tell them what's about to happen it's almost like by saying like striking distance in 10 laps is the graphic that's saying you're all right to go make a cup of tea now because nothing's yeah, going to happen for the next it literally like, is. seven or eight minutes <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's so it really and it's, is. it's all for money. It's all so that Amazon Web Services can provide the can advertise their services live during a Formula One race. That's literally all it is. It's the only reason they do it. 
Everyone, course, everyone pop out to the shops m- now and buy your Amazon Web Services. Yeah, well, I can tell you from experience, I've just quit my job at um, Amazon. I took a temporary job in an Amazon warehouse, and that AWS system, man, is <laughs> is not it's, it's not great. I don't want to say I don't want to say too many bad things about where I've just been working, but <laughs> don't burn too many bridges. When I when I when I say when I see that AWS thing, I'm like in the pinnacle of motorsport. Can't even scan a package to another package without it going. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that <laughs> sounds like Family Fortunes? Um, it was very Family yeah. Fortunes. It, it really like they they Pavlova there's a as a very Pavlovian way of 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 telling you whether you've Ooh, done it right or not. Yeah, and it's it is, constantly it? it's constantly telling you it's wrong and it's not you the first thing you have to realize on your first shift is that it's not you it's the scanner it's the <laughs> AWS. it's the, it's the it's the spreadsheet in the back room that's that's not working properly and yeah it's horrible so in the pinnacle of motorsport it seems a bit out of place mm. a little bit yes ali says if you were george russell and red bull offer i offered you a seat starting tomorrow would you take it or hold out for the Mercedes seat? I would absolutely hold out the for Red the Bull Mercedes seat all day. Ooh, all nah, day. I'm going. I'd go and get in the Red Bull. Now. That's a good question, though. What and, fight and go against Max Verstappen in Red Bull? Who, it depends whose seat you're George taking. George Russell versus Max Verstappen. It depends yeah, whose seat you're is... taking. Nah, it's, it's Max Verstappen's team. It's Max Verstappen's team. So if, if they're leaving Leclerc wow. in there, then you know. I, but I'm it, imagining it as Red I'm Bull. imagining it as an as an audience member watching George Russell. I'm okay. not imagining it as George Russell. It, it, yeah. <laughs> if if you're so you're George Russell, Ash. You're George Russell. Yeah. Okay. I'm George Russell. And Max Verstappen. I mean, is still going to be in the seat. Uh, uh, Alex Albon's been kicked out, and you've been offered the seat. But if if Lewis Hamilton but retires anytime soon at the end, maybe at the end of this season then you'd be sat in a mercedes and you're guaranteed a really really good car next season because we know how great the car is already and it's the same car next season so mm. you know what do you do do you do you take the risk of being max verstappen's teammate and just being sent packing or do you hold hold off and hope that you get that mercedes seat I, I'm going to take the opportunity to shine at the sharper end of the grid right now, tomorrow. I want to, I want to shine tomorrow, Stu. That's what I want to do. You're so sure that's why I'm getting pe- in the Red you're Bull. You're a peacock. We've got to let you fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in that Red Bull, and I'm, and I'm, I'm putting on the Honda beat. But the trouble is, though, that second Red Bull seat, history has shown that's only ever a path to Toro Fair Rosso yeah. slash yeah. Alfa um, not failure. Failure's harsh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's the door out of Formula One. It kind of is, yeah. Being sent out to pasture. Um, it's it's a great way to get a drive in WEC or Formula E. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, that yeah, and winning I'd, the F2 I'd, championship. Yeah, no, I'd I'd bide my time. Wait for wait for Mercedes. I'd bide my time as well. Whoever whoever sits in Lewis Hamilton's seat at. The and uh, once Hamilton retires, I mean, it just just imagine the ripples it's going to send through Formula One when he does retire. I mean, l- l- you know, I'm mm. not I'm not speculating that he is going to retire at the end of the season. I don't think he will. I think he's got lots of years in Formula One left in him. Actually, the, but the dude looks did, looks looks like a spring chicken. He does. Yeah, he looks fresh than ever. Yeah, he does, and he's performing better than ever as well. Why would you leave? So I don't I don't want him to leave. I want him to be in there for as long as he can. I I want to see. Smash records, which brings us back <laughs> to the point of George Russell, and I suppose it does really validate Ali's question, which is: Do you wait for that seat, 
or do you wait or do you find another team? This is what this is what I'm saying. I want to be at the sharp end of the grid. I want to be at the sharp end of the grid tomorrow. If any Red Bull. If anything, sadly, he's probably more likely to get Bottas's seat at this point in time. I think right now, I think he probably was it a year they gave Bottas? Yeah, Just... yeah another another one year. Yeah. He's I doubt Hamilton's agent, even signing Bottas, a one year he? contract. He's, he's clinging on to that seat. There's got to be yeah. someone in Hamilton's contract that stops sort of a young driver, a young prodigy being brought in or something like that. Oh, he must have a say. Like, he's always said that he doesn't, but he's, he must do. Yeah. I think Bottas is sitting in that uncanny valley where he's, he's, he's troubling Hamilton just enough to make it Keep interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that, that's the perfect um, um, motivation for Hamilton to push. You could see in the last race that Bottas was pushing Hamilton. Which is probably why his tires failed. Mm. But yeah, they, maybe pushed. they were like pushing each other too hard, and and I think there's, good. there's an element of that. But then there's all the other. There's many, many, many factors at play as to why those tires died on them. Um, yeah, but Bottas being there is a, is 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 good good for everyone. I think I think the whole team is the whole package. I don't know. It's it is it remains the um, best driver lineup for that team. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But it'd be exciting to see someone like George Russell come in and, and ruffle some feathers, I think. And I think he would be up there. I'd really, honestly, truly now, having sort of seen his performances in qualifying and seen Kubitz's results uh, other teams and just just, just how... I, I honestly, truly believe that he was pulling... He's st- and still is pulling so much more out of that car than what it's got that he's just when he does get into a fast car he is going to be a real real force to be reckoned with yeah i I can't wait to see it honestly yeah i am as hot as a soft compound pirelli at silverstone and i need to open some windows (laughs) are you you blistering swiftly i am blistering (laughs) oh that's a horrible image can we can i say that yeah chris i'm I'm going i'm gone bono yeah right that's that will uh, bring us to a close, I think. Uh, thank you, as always, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Ash, thank you very much for joining us at such short notice. It's been very lovely to yes, have you. thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to have to stop there because I've got a lump in my throat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's ruined it. He's ruined it. No, that's a Murray. That's Tom's sign-off from episode zero. It was the best sign-off. I think you should keep it. Tom, when you're back, I don't even... you've got to stop with a lump of your throat. I don't even think episode zero is online anymore. That's that's is niche. It Really? I don't think so. I don't know. Unimportant. Is there anything you want to plug, Ash, while you're here, as you've been so kind as to join us this well, week? Well, thank you very much. My, uh, that has been really, really good fun. My name's Ashley Foster. I'm also known as Yuka Snaley. Um, I write songs. Sometimes I write songs for Back of the Grid. Um, if you go on my Facebook page, uh, Yuka Snaley is U-K-E, snail, E, all one word. And there is a Back of the Grid song that you can find there that's written just for this podcast because I am that much of a fan. Um, <laughs> you get to see me driving around in a little yeah. um, video game Formula One car. Um, oh, God, and, yeah. and I'm on Instagram as well. Yuka Snaley on Instagram. It's weird. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you might like it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, bit, a lot like this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, thank you very much. It's been great. You really had a crisis of confidence towards the end of that plug. Yeah, there. you did so well. You did so so well. No, I think it. Some. I think it was just a good description of <laughs> the situation. Um, 
we'll we'll stick various links in the show notes and everything. Real. If you want to get in touch with us, as always, we're on Twitter at BackTheGridF1, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid and you'll find us. You can head to backofthegrid.com where you can sign up for the Predictions League. It's free to do so. Get five out of five, you'll win a prize. It's already happened this season. Could happen again. We will join you in a week's time for yet another race review, this time for the Spanish Grand Prix, uh, before we finally have, or Stu finally has a weekend off the weekend afterwards. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> uh, but until then, thanks as always for joining us and goodbye. Bye. In a bizzle. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. Honestly, what the <laughs> are we doing here? This is no, good. We should needed. we should get Ash in like every week just to be just like the, the live band, just, like piping up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really fun. I think that. I mean, I I was jumping up and down in the garden when Chris WhatsApp me today saying, "What are you doing this afternoon? Do you fancy coming to the podcast?" <laughs> I was running around and Beth's just like really hot and hu- my wife is just really, really hot and humid in the garden. She's like, what? Okay, yeah, go. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, just turning into full toddler mode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think anyway. we could definitely get a WTF on the podcast just for getting Ash on. <laughs> <laughs> if you were George Russell and Red Bull or Ferrari offered you a seat tomorrow daytime, <laughs> would you... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, it doesn't say daytime at all. Uh, Do you want to have another run it? at that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. It's hot. It's very hot.